Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak, your go-to podcast for meaningful conversations with influential leaders from different sectors every week. All episodes are available at ageofpersonalization.com, where you will find more content about leadership, strategy, and innovation. So if you relate to our content, please join the movement and help us spread the word. This week, we will be discussing why higher education institutions need to adapt the ways they are preparing students for jobs that don't yet exist and to solve for problems we haven't yet identified. Our guest today is Dr. Robert Johnson. Dr. Johnson is the sixth president of Western New England University, and he's leading the institution as it embarks on its second century. His unyielding belief in higher education as a public good and as a path for transforming individual lives has led him to dedicate his 30-year career to preparing students to adapt and succeed in a dynamic future. Together, we will discuss new ways to prepare students to do things that cannot be replicated by an algorithm or a robot by focusing on value creation as their mantra. We'll also talk about the importance of having an interdisciplinary approach to higher education in opposition of the traditional majoring systems. Finally, we will examine ways for institutions to partner with other sectors to start embracing personalization by valuing passions, personal passions, and allowing graduates to practice it in a meaningful way. So before we get started, hit the like button below, share it with your colleagues, subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis so that you can be in touch with our most recent content about leadership in the age of personalization. Let's get started. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Glenn, thank you, and I'm excited to be here. We live in an exciting world during a very exciting and interesting time. I concur 100%. And it's so interesting uh, that oftentimes I wonder why people don't see the glass half full, but yet we're still stuck in the trap of seeing the glass half empty. We'll get into that a little bit later. But Robert, let's jump right into this. Issues around work or the future, or excuse me, the future of work, uh, agile mind education, the agile university are topics that matter to you. So on that note, how must we, how must we as higher education uh, leaders and as institutions prepare students to adapt and succeed in a dynamic future? Well, I think, you know, so that's, that's really, really a good question, Glenn, and thank you, thank you for asking. You know, as we think about the future of work and as we think about uh, preparing young people to solve for the unknown, 
Uh, we live in what I call a very, very exciting time. And I think that we have to give students, uh, as they are coming through our institutions of higher learning, knowledge and the power of learning. We have to give them the essential human skills that enable them to do things and think, enable them to do things that cannot be replicated by an algorithm or a robot. Uh, and we have to give them the skill set and the mindset to be in this continuous state of adding and creating new value. So let me talk about that a little bit as it relates to uh, our institutions of higher learning. Knowledge and the power of learning. Knowledge in the traditional sense that students need to learn a discipline, uh, learn how to think, how to solve problems. So may that be in accounting or engineering, sociology, history, education, uh, if they wanna go into the ministry, it really doesn't matter, but you know, what is gonna be their epistemology? What is gonna be uh, their, their global lens in terms of how they go about solving problems? Uh, but then the power of learning. Uh, we have to teach them how to be lifelong learners, how to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And we live in a world, according to the World Economic Forum, where our graduates today will have upwards of 17 jobs in five different industries, and three of those industries don't even exist. How do you educate a person for a world of work like that? Well, in part, you got to teach them how to learn, unlearn, and relearn, understanding that even after they graduate from college, they're going to be lifelong learners. So that's knowledge and the power of learning. And now the essential human skill. Uh, that can't be replicated by a robot. Resilience, emotional intelligence, uh, divergent thinking, how to throw the Legos across the table and create something out of nothing, uh, to have an entrepreneurial mindset. And that's not educating the next generation of young people to become entrepreneurs, but it's that mindset. What is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is someone who identifies a problem, comes up with a solution, and finds a self-sustaining uh, business model to solve that problem. They commoditize the solution. So if they have the essential human skills that can't be replicated by robots, and when they go get that first job, they have value creation as their mantra in all that they do, they can't help but be successful. Our job in institutions of higher learning are to give students the skill set and the mindset to get that first job and then create every job thereafter uh, via value creation. So if every college graduate walks across the stage and understands that they're in the value creation business, if they understand that they have to have a personal brand, that if they get on the elevator with Warren Buffett uh, and they're in downtown Chicago or New York or a major city uh, in a building that is 60 or 70 stories high, and Warren Buffett walks in to that elevator with them, Glenn, and it's just the two of them, and Warren Buffett turns to them, to them and says, you know what, tell me your story, what's your brand? We're going up 60 floors here. Depend if you can sell me on you as an individual, based upon your personal brand, I'll make sure that you will have uh, the job of a lifetime. So I want every student graduating from Western New England University five years from now, as we launch into the uh, entering freshman class, that there'll be a day when you walk on my campus where every student can tell you their elevator speech. That's what personalization is all about. 
That's what your brand is all about and constantly reinventing yourself time and time and time again. So for me, the agile mind, the agile mindset, preparing students for jobs that don't exist to solve problems we haven't identified, utilizing technologies that haven't been created, is all about the individual understanding their place in the world and how they're gonna continuously add and create new value. Wow, Robert, listen. <laughs> well, first of all, our, our listeners, I hope that you've got you know pen and paper, or at least you're typing it into your iPhone or, or your, your smartphone because it's only gonna get better. Now, Robert, what you just said, if I may, is this entrepreneurship is no longer a business term anymore. It's no. a way of life. Exactly. You don't need to be an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial. You just have to have the entrepreneurial mindset, which That's is right. exactly what you're talking about and yeah. what personalization is all about. Mm -hmm. How can we know what we're capable of if we don't even know who we are as individuals. Exactly. So we can't allow society, we can't mm -hmm. allow institutions to define us. The goal of the institution is to discover those innate capabilities and give them a platform that allows them to flourish. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm hearing from you. And the yeah. other part that I'm hearing is about the power of learning. Mm -hmm. And I love this. Learning and unlearning. It's a constant cycle. And, and what you're saying here is make sure you don't fall into the standardization traps that slow your ability to strengthen your individual capacity. So, look, this is what I'm taking away from this conversation already, Robert. So here's the follow-up question. How does higher education, what do they have to do? And not that they don't do it. But what mechanisms can be put in place to better see, to better know the student? Because let's face it, mm -hmm. we're all different. And uh, the goal is to make sure, and you said it very well, let's make sure the technology doesn't replace the human. But that happens by making sure that we create, not to take, not to take away what you're all about, mm -hmm. creating, creating and guiding pathways to ensure that we get we we put that student on a path to to maximize their individual contribution as they move into the future. I'll stop for a minute, but this yeah. is how you've inspired me this way. So 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 Glenn, let me put it to you this way: um, we have to at our institutions of higher learning truly develop the whole person, and when the student comes in on day one, we have to start them down the road of exploring their why, their reason for being. Hmm. What is my purpose? What is it that I want to accomplish? Helping them to understand that we are all part of something bigger than ourselves. Look, the, 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 what, what your degree will say on it in terms of major is important. But if we don't give students that skill set and mindset uh, to go out into the world and be in the value creation business and understand their why, we start with your why first, your purpose, your reason for being. Uh, if we haven't done that, then we have committed educational malpractice. You know, because, and the reason we've committed educational malpractice is because your why is the thing that will constantly keep you grounded no matter what's going on in the world. So yeah, you gotta have that discipline 
uh, that you that you learn and that you become proficient in. But you got to learn how to. We as institutions have to reinvent ourselves so that our curriculum is transdisciplinary. Um, the philosophy course um, in the humanities for a humanities major should also apply for business ethics course in the College of Business. It's got to be transdisciplinary. We yes. need, you know, in a perfect world, and I know I may have some colleagues out there, maybe even some of my faculty who will hear this, and it's a rhetorical question. Why do we need majors? <laughs> okay? In the <laughs> traditional sense, why do we need majors? Now, I'm not saying just do away with them, but it's a question to be asked. What is the purpose of the major? And what is the purpose of the major in the context of developing the whole person, going to this point, uh, back to your point, of personalization, you know, the individual. So we, we, our institutions have to stop being manufacturing plants, okay, that are very standardized and that you come in and you take this class, this class, this class, and this class, okay, you're ready to go out into the world of work. That was fine when I graduated from college and maybe people my age, and you basically worked in one or two industries your entire life, and many people you know, change jobs every five to seven years and zigzag their way up within the organization. But in the world today, where value creation is what is appreciated, where the entrepreneurial mindset is, is, is kind of like the foundation of all that we do, our institutions of higher learning have to have a flexible, adaptable uh, a curriculum that allows students to come in through multiple points and ultimately graduate understanding that they know, have to know how to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And then after they graduate from our institutions, we have to have the infrastructure in place so that our alumni can come back because our job is to help them to get that first job. And then they're going to have to create every job thereafter. There'll be a point where they have to retool themselves. Gotcha. So, okay, so how do we have a click and mortar campus? Okay, how do we have a click and mortar curriculum and environment where it's up? Uh, probably more mortar and, and, uh, and less click, because I think one of the things, listen, here we go. One of the things that we've learned in the pandemic, you know, everybody was like, just do online learning and we'll solve, solve all of higher education's uh, uh, problems in terms of cost. No, what we've learned is that, that that modality in and of itself, particularly for the 17 to 22 year old, is isolated. We're social beings. And if I'm gonna teach that young person, you know, how to be a divergent thinker and throw the Legos across the table and create something out of nothing, that comes through interaction. Some of my most memorable experiences at Morehouse College was in the, was in the residence hall. You know, at three o'clock in the morning, us talking about how we were gonna solve the world's problems or help, uh, you know, work to make Martin Luther King's birthday a national holiday. It's, it's that interaction, it's that interaction with that faculty member who is a coach and a mentor though, that, that teaches you those life lessons. The class stuff becomes, uh, it, it's, it's important, but in a lot of ways, it's, it's secondary to mm -hmm. us developing the whole person. So that means mind, body, and soul. And if we as institutions of higher learning fail to do that, if all we do is give an engineer an engineering degree and a an accountant and an accounting degree, but we haven't developed them as a whole person with an agile mind, with a transdisciplinary lens. We have committed educational malpractice. People ought to ask 
for their money back. So Robert, first of all, uh, um, I, I want you to know, you see this? Uh, this is my little box of Legos. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I, I, I'm ready. I, look, I, I'm ready. Look, I'm ready to open up the new pack, throw there it on the go. ground, and yeah. see what else we can create together. That's right. That's so right. I, I, I love Value creation. Value creation. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go to the topic uh, of value creation. Uh huh. Because you've said it a few times, and I think it's important that we uh, dissect this term a little bit. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you mentioned. Uh, that it's about uh, solving problems. Mm -hmm. And you talked about individual capacity. You talked about how maybe, uh, again, respectfully, majors may actually put us in boxes. Right. To solve problems, mm -hmm. how has that happened in the past? Because, uh, and if I may, and I'd love for you to react to this, mm -hmm. is uh, we've been told how to solve problems uh, rather than maybe asking ourselves, what do we solve for as individuals? Mm -hmm. And then align what we solve for to what a potential opportunity is. Exactly. Just for thought, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is what happens when we talk about majors. Like, I'll give you a personal example. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a political science major, international mm -hmm. relations. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, when I was born, my dad was 50. So my dad had a lot of wisdom. He said, mm -hmm. son, there's two things I want you to learn when you go to college more than anything. Okay. Uh -huh. I want you to perfect your ability to communicate and mm -hmm. your ability to write. Now, everything mm -hmm. else has importance and value. But right. you'll see that if you can communicate, you can get almost any job. That's so right. my whole point is, can you talk about the importance of why the individual needs to know who they are and what they're capable of contributing and how higher education can help them discover that in order to create value. Because I think sometimes this term value creation, while you and I understand it, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's not clearly understood by others. So that's a long way to get to that simple question. Sorry, Robert. Sure, sure. So when you when we think about value creation, when we think about students when they come to helping them to understand their why, their sense of purpose, who they are, and what their place is in the world. Uh, helping them to understand that they are part of something bigger than themselves. Um, to the extent one can solve that problem or answer that question. Mm puts you in a place, puts the individual in a place, in a very personalized way, as you would put it, Glenn, to go out and do most anything that they desire to do, because the antithesis of that is, I don't know who I am, so I'll go to an institution of higher learning, they'll put me into a box, I'll be like a robot, I'll go out and get a job, they tell me I'm not supposed to get promoted for five years, then what? You know, oh, then after I get that job, um, another five to seven years, then what? That's that's very robotic. Mm. That's very standardized. But if we train the individual mind, if we train the individual to be in the pursuit of their passion, to understand where they are in the world, they'll be in this state of continuously growing. Robert Johnson 
And his why when he was 30 is very different than his why today. Because I'm constantly asking myself every two or three years, what is my purpose? What is my why? What am I doing? Is this important to me? And if I, as a result of doing that, if we do that with our, our college students, that means they have to be in this constant state of reinventing themselves. Because what they're going to conclude as the world is changing, what was relevant to me five years ago is not relevant to me today. And if I want to remain relevant in the world, okay, I've got to change. I've got to change what I'm about and what my focus is. And, you know, people talk about the pandemic and, and it's awful. Over half a million people have died. Millions have caught uh, this virus. But what have people done when they've been at home? They've started creating stuff. They've come, and come up with new ways of, of, of creating value, starting up businesses. People lose their jobs. During the Great Depression, some of the greatest companies that exist today were given birth during that time. Yeah. During World War II, the same thing. Um, uh, the dot-com bubble, uh, uh, the Great Recession. Well, so it is true right now. People who are exploring and defining, this is who I am and this is what I'm about, Instead of waiting for the future to happen to you, you will go out and create your future. That's what this is all about. That's, that's what personalization is all about. That's what understanding what my purpose is, how that will drive me to be successful. And when whoever I go to work for, or if I'm working for myself, I will naturally be in the value creation business. Because you know why? I know what I'm bringing to the table and how I can help you get more of what you already uh, desire to, to, to get within your organization. Or if you're trying to solve a problem, I can say to you, Glenn, so have you thought about solving the problem this way? And look at it from this perspective. And by the way, this is how we can commoditize this. You're a business person. You're looking for somebody to come along and say, well, okay, that's another revenue stream. I like that, Robert. Go for it. For me, that's what it's all about. I love it, Robert. And it, why? In what I excuse me, I'm sorry, Robert. In, in what I love about what you're saying is just starting to happen in the workplace. What mm -hmm. do I mean by this? Um, how about if I told you that emerging leaders, even those three to seven years out of college. They feel like their leaders are already surrendering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In other words, yeah. they feel oh, yeah. that their leaders haven't evolved with the times. Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, those are the leaders mm -hmm. got their degrees mm -hmm. that defined them to get into mm -hmm. the workplace. <laughs> when they got into the workplace, that institution continued to define them. The generation of students that you are empowering and providing them with all these transformational tools and thinking, Robert, they don't want to assimilate to anything that no. they don't believe is generating value, not only for themselves, but for society. That's right. So That's I just right. share this because what you're saying, they're just not words. They're real. And this is exactly the message that large and small corporations need to be hearing because it's those early in career, those in mid-level management that's saying, wait a second, um, I don't fit here anymore 
because my leader isn't taking the time to know me and see the value creation that I can bring. Exactly. How do we start thinking this way? And the yeah. truth is, how do we get those large employers to start partnering um, with Western New England University? Because well, go ahead. The, 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 the point is that we have to focus and we have to think about the future of work in, in, from, from a totally different lens. And it can't, what we've discovered during this pandemic, things that we said we couldn't do in the workplace in terms of telecommuting and, and all of that kind of stuff, it's been blown out the window. Everybody's business model has evolved, you know, and what does a three, two, two work week look like? Or four, one, you know, two yeah. work week look like? You know, we have to reimagine um, not only higher education, but what the workplace is going to look like. And one of the challenges for my industry is how do we educate the next generation of young people to understand not only their value and their why and their passion and their purpose as they're preparing for the future of work, uh, but how do they uh, enter into organizations that will be working in this new paradigm? That's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is how do we go into these corporations and help them understand that the real way that they get value creation from our graduates coming out of Western New England University is creating an environment where personalization is embodied, where personalization is something that we want, that inclusion is just part of who we are. We don't want you as a new employee to assimilate to our organization. We value your, 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 your individual brand and the way that you create new value. And you know what? If we reach a point where my personal passion, uh, my why is not congruent with the organization, then I move on. And in fact, the organization says, I will help you do that in a very meaningful and positive way. Because if the organization is organically growing and evolving, what it is five years from now, may or may not align with my why five years from now. And that's okay. But if I do that um, uh, in a very purposeful way, I'll never have an, a difficult time attracting talent because people know that I'm the guy. If you come work for me, what's your dream? So I sit down with, 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 with my employees and say, what's your dream? What's your passion? What do you want to be doing five years from now? How can I help you? understanding that in many cases, me helping them do that, that they're gonna leave me and they might be my best employee. That's okay. Because when he or she leaves me, wow, Robert Johnson, great person to work for. And when I post a job, everybody and their grandmother wants to come because they want this opportunity to be in an environment where you have leaders who not only understand their why, but leaders who encourage you to pursue your why, and it's okay if you reach a point where your why is not congruent with the organization. And he or she, I, will help you find that place or start up that place, <laughs> you know, help you with your startup so that you can live your dream. That's what this thing is all about. You, you know what, Robert? I agree with you 100%, but what this also requires, it requires 
higher ed. It requires corporations, healthcare. It requires a convergence among sectors to work and grow with each other Other. as we transform the future together. Because this is what's happening. I mean, we need more Robert Johnsons, (laughs) but we, we, but we can't force people to think this way. They have to come to their own conclusions of why we are so much better together and whether people like it or not moving forward, we need to find ways to co-design the future together. That's right. So Robert, That's right. on that note, what does inclusion look like to you? What does inclusion look like uh, to Western New England University? Inclusion, what, what inclusion looks like to me is, you know, come one, come all, whoever you are, whatever you bring to the table, it's value, your value, your skills, your talents, background, um, who you are as an individual your why, your purpose, your sense of being, um, it's, 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 it's welcomed. I don't want you to come to Western New England University as an employee or as a student for that matter, saying, well, you know, I have to uh, adopt who I am in order to be uh, part of this, this culture. No, what I say to employees, and I try and in, in, in interview as many new people that we're thinking about hiring. And I say to them a very simple thing. Look, this is who we are. We embody humanity, human spirit. We want to make a difference and transform the lives of individuals. We want to do it with a sense of humanity, civility, and civil discourse in all that we do. I want you to pursue your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, pursue your passion. I want you to come to understand your why. I want you to do your job. If you're an accountant, I want you to Every debit and every credit has got to be perfect. I want you to do that. But from a values perspective, that's who we are. And if you embody that, come on, because that means you can be individual. You will be included as you are, as an individual. I don't want you, if you want you know, something that's very robot, robotic and standardized and this, that, and the other, this is not going to be the place for you. Because that's not what I'm about. And I think that there is some, some, some merit to the body takes on the characteristics of the head. And, you know, I do this with my vice presidents, with our deans. I expect them to be of this, this same mindset. And I say, you know what? And, and it's okay if you evolve to a point where this isn't for you at some point. That's great, you know? Because, so inclusion, Glenn, is all about creating an environment where you can embody the value and the value that everybody brings to the table, no matter who they are, no matter what color skin they happen to have, their gender, their religion, anything else. Come, come, all, come one and come all. You know, bring me your weak, bring me your weary. I mean, it's, 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 it's just... It's just come on. This is a place. Now you have to be in the, but you have to be of the mindset. Got to have this entrepreneurial mindset about being in the value creation business. You can't just right. tell me like this is who I am, and you know I'm gonna kick my heels up, and I'm not. No, you got to create value. If you're in student affairs, you got to create value. You know, if you're in academic affairs, you got to create value. If you're out there recruiting students, you got to create value. Well, you got to be of the mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset of value creation. But you can do it in 
the Glenn way. The Robert, Robert can do it in the Robert way. Sheila can do it in the Sheila way. As long as it's leading to a common goal, to a common metric that we want to achieve. Look, you know, where we are right now, if I want to get to New York, uh, there are half a dozen different ways I can get there. Air, you know, trains, planes, automobiles, there are two or three highway routes that I can take. One is not necessarily better than the other, but they all get us there. And so in the personalization business, you know, when we think about higher education and how we want to educate students, all we simply say is, we're gonna give you the tools to get to New York. I don't care how you get there. The former model would have said, you come in, this is how we're gonna train you, and you must get on 95 and drive south. That's the only way you leave here to go to New York. That's right. That's the old. I'm talking about the possibilities of the future. And Robert, this is what I love about your message. Mm -hmm. It's about respecting the individual. Mm -hmm. It's about giving people options. It's about recognizing that inclusion is a growth strategy. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. That and that fundamentally, uh, it's going to take us as individuals to embrace an entrepreneurial mindset, recognizing that we need to be the managers of our brands. Yes. <laughs> to not only find our own dreams, mm -hmm. but more so multiply opportunities, not just for other people, but mm -hmm. to also strengthen humanity, which should be something that we must all inherently be responsible Glenn, for doing. Glenn, 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 look, you know, you know, uh, Stephen Covey, you know, in his book, uh, Seven Habits, Hot Habits for Highly Effective People. Yeah. One of them is how do you want to be remembered? Mm -hmm. And how does Robert Johnson want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a person who was had the ability to at least transform one person's life. You know, and that one person, they may not become the next Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King, but they may inspire the next Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King. That one person may not discover the cure to cancer, but they may uh, uh, give birth or inspire the person who uh, uh, discovers the cure to cancer. My goal as a leader in higher education is I want to educate the next generation of young people, simply put, who will go out and transform the world, transform the world with a sense of humanity, civility, civil discourse, and, 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 and mutual respect in all that they do. Think about this, Glenn. What if, what if everybody on the planet, when we wake up, every day, would just say this one thing. I'm going to find one person that I don't know, and I'm going to either share a kind word or do a good deed and expect nothing in return. If we all woke up each and every day with that sense of humanity, the planet will become transformed overnight. And as institutions of higher learning here at Western New England University and all that we do, as a community of learners, we want to transform the lives of this generation of students who will go out there with a sense of humanity and leave the world, simply put, better than the way they found it. Robert, that's a great way to close. Robert, look, you and I can talk all day long. <laughs> I just love listening to you and your message. Robert, thank you so thank you. much mm -hmm. for being with us today. And I can't thank you enough. 
uh, for the wisdom that you've shared, uh, the insights that you've imparted upon us. And I'd really be honored to continue the conversation at some other time. But uh, absolutely. Just, this is oh. this has been great, Glenn. You you inspire me, man. <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up. No, no, it's the opposite. I want to be no, like no, you. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> well, look, how about if we be, how about if we can learn to respect each other mm -hmm. and change the future together? Absolutely. By me respecting your methods and you respecting mine. Because Absolutely. that's the message of the day here, mm -hmm. Robert Johnson. This is the message of the day. And as I always close, when we lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't. Do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thank you so much for your time today, Robert. Thank you. Thank you so much, Glenn. You bet. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution.